Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. Okay, uh, we're going to call you. Love this. It says, the days of our years are three score years and ten. How many knows what that is? Seven. Well, that's a long. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off. This is the part I like. This is the part I like. And we fly away. And we fly away. Amen. One translation says this, says, we can expect to live 70 years or maybe 80 if we are healthy, but even our best years bring sorrow and trouble. How many of you ever had experience sorrow, trouble in your, I know you don't ever experience it in your teens, but anybody ever had a, well, let's say preteens, anybody ever experienced sorrow or trouble even before you hit 13? out in your teens? Oh, yeah. Twenties? Certainly twenties you could never have anything go wrong, right? Yeah. So I'm saying it, 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 it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, there are going to be the really, 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 really high points in life, and you might as well do your happy dance during those times because you know, it doesn't last forever in this life. Right? It just doesn't. And so you got to enjoy those really, really good times when, I mean, so we just had Thanksgiving. We got birthdays are coming and going and anniversaries are coming and going here the next couple of months. And we had every, every, every birthday. I like birthdays. Right? You're doing something right if you have a birthday. Right? When you stop having birthdays, well, you know that whatever, right? Amen. So I encourage you, you and your new grandchildren, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. But in uh, Brother Cliff, would you show that little photo up here? Anybody know what that is? Now, I, I'm, I just made up this word by myself, right? Cocoon. Don't let anybody cocoon you, okay? All right, 
What is that? That's a, I know it kind of reminds you of a bat, doesn't it? But it's a consistent thing, right? Now, in order for a butterfly to earn its wings, it has to go through a process called a really big word. Anybody know what that word is? Metamorphosis. I think is the way you pronounce it. I know I thought it was metamorphosis. No, it's metamorphosis is what they say. So, I mean, for a butterfly to get to be a butterfly, it has to go through these different stages before it, you know, before it gets to Now, I honestly, I, as far as I know, other than the uh, seraphim, right? The seraphim, we know they got wings, right? But as far as angels, you know, they appear likeness of, of the, the faces of men a lot of times you see out of the Bible. But we one day, how many of you believe that one of these days, now we're going to be caught up, the Bible says we're going to be caught up in where? In the clouds, in the air. We're going to meet him. Now I don't know if you call that flying or transporting or whatever, but it's going to be the Bible says caught away. So, but while we're here on earth, okay, we have to go through this process of living for God, right, before we get the wings. We really do. And there are going to come times that now the state, how many of these, uh, these uh, smart I have looked at some of their math, right? Somebody ask Jack how much that is. It's way over my head. But uh, what are how does a what are the stages of of butterfly? What what happens? Anybody? Okay, but it doesn't start as a worm, right? Starts as an egg, about starts as an egg, about the size of a mustard seed, little itty bitty, and then it turns into a maggot. Now, just kidding, all right? But that's really kind of what flies, you know, or that next stage of uh, a butterfly. It turns into larvae, right? Which looks like a looks like a maggot, but it then it grows. Now, when by the time a caterpillar by the time it goes into the this stage here, it says it gains one thousand times its birth weight. It eats a lot. Right now, I'm not encouraging anybody to try that. Okay, but it, but it, that's what it does. That's what what they say. But it goes through the stage, and then. It has to go into this this dark place. It has to go in this dark place, and it has to 
you know, it's shut off from the world. Now, I don't know if the caterpillar has an But it, it, it is isolated from the world. It probably, if I could use it, it feels like it's all alone in the world and there's nobody around. Right? And in our in our in our living for God, okay, there there just come some times in life that we're going to find our place or our, ourselves in a. It can be a very, uh, you know, it can be a very difficult situation. And there's really three areas that this happens to us. Now, you know, our salvation actually, salvation go has a process. Okay. Now, the only way that you are going to be absolutely, I mean raptured, okay, without going through this thing called life and, and dealing with situations, is just upon your, when you're baptized in Jesus' name, if the Lord raptures you right there, right, takes you. Otherwise, you're going to have to go through some things. Now, there are, and, and now let me, uh, the, the theologians actually, they, they use terms that that they call you know it's a they use three very powerful words to describe the process that we go through before we get our wings okay justification sanctification and glorification okay now but when we are does anybody know what does it mean to be justified? What does it mean? That's a pretty deep theology word. What, what exactly does that mean? Let me take a little off. I've got a lot of notes, but let's open it up here. James writes and he says, you know, it talks in the book of Romans, I think it is, the writer talks about Abraham being justified by his faith, but it talks about him being justified by his works of his willingness to sacrifice his son Isaac, even though he didn't have to do it, but he was willing. In other words, he was obedient to the will of God, and the Bible says that God counted that as righteousness unto him. We are made righteous by the blood covering of Jesus Christ, okay? And no matter where, you know, where they try to tell you that, you get, that that is applied, got to believe, got to have faith. But James says, but faith without works is pretty much, you know, laying in, in the grave. He says, but 
how do we get that blood atonement? Because that is the most important work of salvation that you and I need to be absolutely 100% positive that that blood is going to be applied to our life because it is the blood that saves you. I hope you would all agree with that. And it is absolutely beyond doubt that we must know how and when that is applied to our life. And they can debate it all they want, but the only way that you're going to find that is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gospel, the good news, simply is, of course, the birth, which was miraculous. Hello? His life, which was the power of God revealed in humanity. His sacrifice on the cross, where he shed his blood. His burial, which he, he visited that place called death. And he came out three days later, hallelujah, securing our hope for conquering that thing. But it didn't stop. And then he ascended. Can't take that out of the picture. But then sometimes I think we, we, we get my, my version of the complete gospel is includes the ascension, but then it includes his outpouring of the Holy Ghost or the birthday of the church. Because the church is the body of Christ, the Bible says. It is the body of Christ on earth working toward the same mission that he had. That was to seek and to save that which is lost, the souls of men, through the power of the message of redemption. And so we are, right? The good news is Jesus is still alive. He is alive forevermore. The good news is that the church is alive. The good news is that we have been baptized and we have been powered, empowered by His Spirit the same spirit that caused him to rise from the dead, that is what gives the church our life and our power. So the, church, the good news is Jesus is alive and we are alive, the Bible says, in Christ. We are the working body of Jesus Christ on earth. That is, a good, that is a good news, but along with that good news, of course, it brings responsibility, doesn't it? And so, but so, it, it is absolute. So how do we, the good news, Peter said when he stood up and he preached in the, in the, uh, the day of Pentecost, of course, but he went on in chapter number three and he talked about that they needed to be converted, Okay. That word converted means that not only are do you do you turn away, okay, you repent and turn away from sin, but you turn toward faith. 
So it's not just turning away from something, but the positive is, is we're turning toward our faith in the one that ascended. And so... The message of salvation, period, beyond doubt. The only way you're going to find is where if you can find the birthday of the church, then take me to it. If you can find the one that had the authority to preach the very first message to the dispensation of grace, take me to that place. did not exist as the church until they had the privilege of taking on the name of Jesus for the remission of sins in water baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is literally the church operating, God operating through people today. That's what we are. We are we are Holy Ghost movers. Amen. And so, so how do we get that blood atonement? We get it from Peter said, they said, hey, all right, I'm listening, Peter. What do I need to do? He said, you got to repent. You got to repent. That means that got to turn away from the old life and turn toward the new life. It says, and then you, you got to be baptized. Baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of those sins. Remission, what does that mean? What is remi- does that mean that we're just forgiven? Or what does that mean? What does it mean? It means. And it says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise to you, your children, all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God. So what happens at that new birth? We become justified. What that means is that we take on, there's a word that they impute or something like that. It's when we experience the new birth, when we obey the gospel, we literally, we, because the Bible says that by Adam, one man's sin entered into the world, doesn't it? Did you have an option? So, God looks at Adam's sin, and he looks at us, and he says, you're all sinners. Okay? That's, that's the problem, child. But here's the good news. But it says that by one man's obedience, righteousness entered into the world. In other words, when we, when we are born again, when we obey and experience the full gospel message of repentance, baptism, and infilling of the Holy Ghost, what happens in that is that we not only are we enter into a place where 
because of the obedience of Jesus Christ, God says, okay, I see you. I don't see anything. It's like Adam. We're all sinners. Because of Jesus Christ, we're all made righteous. That's, they call, one man calls that, what does he call that? The glorious exchange. Say, Jeff? That what what it, what it means is that there it can be used legally and in a financial sense. It means to designate any action, word, or thing as credited to another person's account. So, in other words, what happens is you put all of your debt on Jesus Christ. Okay, all your sin, all your debt. How many of you, you know, we talked about this a little bit. How many of you have rolled up a lot of debt? Sin. We put it, listen, you got to understand, he is awesome enough to take all of your debt. He's rich enough to have it all put on him. And what he does in exchange is he gives you the PIN number to his credit card. That's right. He does. He gives you access to his account. Absolutely right. That doesn't mean you go on a spending spree, right? So, so that you got to. You can never over-exaggerate the new birth. You are, when, when you take on that blood atonement, you literally are becoming a multi-millionaire when it comes to your walk with God. There is absolutely nothing that can block you from having access to him whenever, 24-7, and he wants you. He wants us. He says, I come not to just give life, but to what? To give you abundant life. What does that mean? That means that you can't put it in a container. It is constantly overflowing. But what, then we enter into that 
that caterpillar stage. Okay, and that cocoon stage. Well, sanctification. Okay, justification is 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 God making you right. Sanctification or crawling around like a caterpillar is you living right. Because if we're born again and we remain the same, how many of you wanted to remain the same? If I wanted to remain the same, I would have never come to God, right? If I wanted to be changed from the person that I was, and I wanted to become like Him. Because I believed that the world needed to know what the church, what the family of God, what the image of God, how we were made, and believing that the kingdom of God is, is uh, and the Holy Ghost is righteousness, peace, and joy, the world needs to see that Jesus, okay, operating through you. Because they're not going to be drawn by, you know, seeing us in that cocoon. Telling you, there there's a lot of people that are, are going through it today. A lot of people are struggling today. But that in that in that uh, transition there, that caterpillar, listen, you and I in our walk with God, there is going to come times when life hits us. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example, okay? The book of Job, everybody's read that. How many, how many, Job is your favorite book? Raise your hand. How many of you, Lamentations is your favorite book? No takers. Okay, the book of Job. And here's what life is. Life is a gift. Okay, Job, Bible says that Job was a righteous man. He was a good fella. But he found himself one day in a place that was cool. He got cocooned. What happened? Three areas. Took away his took away all of his material goods. In a heartbeat. He was the richest man of the East. It says that, doesn't it? But a storm came. Took his cattle, his camels, and whatever else. Took everything he had. Okay? And this is, you're, we are seeing this applied in the world today at a, in a, uh, what I want to say, at a level that I've never seen it happen before because of the situation with, you know, with COVID and everything. People are being hit in their pocketbook. When you take away a person's livelihood, when you take away a person's financial ability to live a normal life, you hit them hard. Job got hit, his job. Then what, then what else did he get hit with? 
where he got hit with, yeah, he got hit with his job, and then family issues. I was doing really good today, all right, until I got a phone call. It was a really concerning phone call. It was a family that was really having some serious Family issues can put you in a place that you don't like. How many of you have ever been there? Yeah. And then what's the third area? Well, I tell you what, when you got when you when you have health issues or one of your loved ones have has health issues. Everything else becomes secondary, and you find yourself kind of racked down by that ugly, gooey stuff that that they, what, however they do that, and they find you, and and all of a sudden you're in a place where you're saying, "Man," but that, but where we're coming from is that Jesus already foretold us. He says, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have these things happen. He says, but fear not, he says, because what? He says, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. And when we get into this situation, what we don't realize a lot of times is that this is where grow. This is where you get to that place where the rubber meets the road. We find out really what we're made of. That parable that Jesus talked about when he talked about the two houses, one built on the rock, one built on the sand, you don't see any difference whatsoever until the storm reveals. That's what happens to us. We are not, okay? We, when we get into this place here, one of the, it's what, what's, what's happening in that cocoon? Right, right. Those wings are developing. Nobody can see it. Nobody knows what's going on in there. You can't see inside that. Nobody knows. Listen, nobody really knows what you are going through except you and God alone. Nobody knows your heart. Nobody knows your mind except you and God. Nobody. Brother Andrew?
Yeah, and but what's happening here is it is that we are listen, one of the one of the great I think great examples is is that I there beyond doubt, I think beyond doubt, okay, before Peter ever stood up and preached on the day of Pentecost, he went through a he was confirmed bad. There's no matter where you look, nobody failed as miserably as he did. He went to a very, very isolated place. After he had failed the Lord, it took a lot. You can read in there. There's it took a lot for him to to get back up. But what Jesus had told him in the beginning, he says, Peter, he says, he says, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you. And after you are what? Converted. You are going to be an encourager to your brethren. Because you don't, you know, unless you get to a place where you've lost everything finally or whether you have suffered greatly family issues or whether you have you have gone really to a, a, a bad place in your health but by the grace of God he has he has recovered you but you don't know but others you can't tell people unless you've been there, unless you've been there. And so those are, but that is, but life is a process. Living for God is a process of getting to that next stage. You can't get away from it. You can't, we can't think that everything is going to be, you know, Guns and roses, I mean, just roses, okay? But you can see in Scripture, all through the Bible, you're going to have things that are, listen, no no greater story, really, in that, that Old Testament, the story of Ruth and Naomi, or Hannah, Rachel, whomsoever, they went through it, they went through it. They got into a place like that, and what that did for them, that developed them inside that thing. And when they busted out of that, they became a new person. That's right. They got their spiritual wings. That book of 11th chapter of Hebrews, that faith chapter, those people got their wings, and they didn't get them, okay, by drinking lattes of Starbucks. No, sir. They took the battle to the adversary, and their message was that you need to give your life to God and live for him with all your heart. It costed them greatly. Let me... Let me close here with, uh, and, and I could give you a, a lot of scriptures, uh, you know, 
we're in a transformation process. Okay? We're being transformed. We're being, writer in Romans says, we're transformed by the renewing of what? Mind. Galatians 5.16 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Peter says in chapter 1, 3 through 11, he says, think on these things. Think on things that are pure. Think on things that are holy. Think on things that are righteous, full of virtue, on and on, on and on, on and on. But let me, let me, uh, let me close, and Brother Cliff, if you would, if you would put up Job 14, 14. Job has gone through it, and then he comes out with these powerful words here. Okay? If a man dies, shall he live again? You know, Job is possibly the oldest book in the entire Bible. There's a reason why that's so old. Right? is because God knew that we as earthlings, okay, that we needed to get a hold of a witness that had went through it every area of life and it had came out on the other side. Job said, if a man All the days of my appointed time, he says, I will wait till what? Until my change comes. Now, you probably, I don't know whether he was talking prophetically about, you know, him being raptured out of that grave, I don't know. But he knew because of his steadfast faith in God, he knew that no matter what he was going through today, that there was going to come a change. It wasn't going to be that way forever. And as you see here, First Corinthians 15, 51. There's a change coming. Sarah, change coming. Okay? Or whatever it is, your toe or your ear or whatever that's hurting. Or Jack's, you know, if Jack's the hurt, whatever. No. There's a change coming. It ain't always going to be like that. Not always going to have to worry about jobs and health and worrying about, uh, you know, if the kids are. Boy, you know, if the kids are going to stay in church and serve God and be good kids, you're not always going to have to worry about, you know, getting old and falling over and, you know, getting a couple staples in your head or whatever. Paul said, I show you a mystery. We shall not all change. Said, but we, hey, Job, we shall all be changed. We're going to come out of that cocoon. Tired of being cocooned. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, 
For the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In a moment, The world doesn't buy into that. It takes years and 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 going to happen. We shall be changed. You can go to the next version. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Verse 5. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of, the sin, of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We were never created, okay? It wasn't the design of God for us to get sick. Suffer pain and feel all the bad things. That wasn't the plan of God. That's the what sin has brought into the world. One of these days, we're going to go to a place. No death, no pain, no no tears. I don't know at what what uh, if we'll take on our twenties look or our. Teenage look, or which? Which one? But for sure, we shall be changed. We shall be changed. So, if you're, if you've been, if you feel like you've been cocooned, there's a way out. Begin to lift your heart to the Lord. Begin to worship Him, praise Him, thank Him for all of the things that, you know. You, if you've been living for God for any length of time, you've been there and you got out. Right? You've been there and you got out. So there is a change coming. Hallelujah. There is a change coming. Amen. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for the hope and the promise that you 